And welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we are going to be talking about episode 67, The Five Faces of Darkness, part two. <laughs> Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yep. So, previously on the Transformers... <laughs> The Autobots have won the war, and the Decepticons are left scrounging for Energon, but Cyclonus has taken upon himself to try and find Galvatron. Meanwhile, Magnus and Spike have been kidnapped by a mysterious third party. And Grimlock and Rodimus have arrived at the Decepticons' base on the planet Char, but have been spotted by the remaining Decepticons, which ends with them being very outnumbered. Granted, the Decepticons are severely lacking energy, so I feel like a stiff breeze would knock them over. <laughs> it leaves Rodimus and Garimlock outnumbered, but not necessarily outmatched, despite what the summary for this episode says. <laughs> Near-death experience, my ass. <laughs> But Grimlock? Grimlock is excited for this. He is excited and ready for a fight. Rodimus and Grimlock get swarmed, but are saved by the timely arrival of Springer and RC in their commandeered asteroid spaceship from last episode. That is not, like, outwardly identifiable as a spaceship until it opens up and plays the arcade claw game with the leader of the Autobots and his dinosaur buddy as prizes. They have the best prizes, don't you know? <laughs> The Decepticons watch this and identify the ship as a Skuxoid ship. I have no- I don't remember if the Skuxoids make any other appearances in this dang cartoon. I don't know. Right through at least this five-parter, they definitely pop up as, like, uh, minions for the the third- mysterious third party. Um, Swindle makes a comment about Skuxoids being willing to sell out anyone for the right price. And Cyclonus throws shade- well, if anyone would know, Swindle. <laughs> You're a skuxoid in metal clothing, Swindle. <laughs> the Autobots fly off, and Cyclonus turns his attention back to the pile of Energon they'd gathered in the last episode in order to retrieve Galvatron. We see the quintessence from the movie are behind the mysterious kidnapping of Magnus and Co. and are currently interrogating Cup. By interrogating, I mean he's standing over the Sharkticon tank from the movie. Because we're back on that planet, I guess. Yep. They question if he is Cup, the chief of Cybertron security, to which he responds, My name's Teaspoon, and I'm Cybertron's chief dishwasher. Because he does not give any shits about the Quintessence. No, he does not. I mean, he's already been there. He has! He has! Uh, nearby, Magnus and Spike talk about the situation they're in, but are overheard by the Quintessons. Who intend to interrogate Spike to see how he holds up and how he faces death. <laughs> yup. The Autobots uh, spaceship arrives on an asteroid, gently setting Grimlock and Rodimus down on the rock's surface, basically. Rodimus seems to be in poor shape, despite how badly off the Decepticons were. Which... Seriously, surely, this must be the equivalent of, like, five 80-year-old men trying to beat you up, considering how bad of shape they were in. Well, I mean, look at the Terry Pratchett book, (laughs) the old men conquering the equivalent of ancient China. I'm sorry, this is not Conan and his his, uh, band of badasses. This was, (laughs) you know, a couple dozen starving Decepticons. (laughs) Yeah, who can't even combined properly. Oh yeah, they were just like falling to pieces and everything. 
Rodimus starts saying the lines that Optimus did before he passed on the Matrix and appears to be dying. He is, however, actually having a sulk. Which would make more sense than what they say is actually happening in this scene anyway. <laughs> RC says that his life force has slipped away, which, um, guess it's time for a wake, guys. Finnegan's wake. Get your Energon goodies out. Now it's time for me, Grimlock, to be Autobot leader. God knows Springer doesn't want the job. <laughs> well, at this point, it's basically whoever, like, insists they're not the leader that doesn't get to be the leader, <laughs> and whoever is last is unfortunately shoved into the position. Grimlock insists that Rodimus is alive, though, otherwise the Matrix would have emerged from his chest. Like some sort of alien chest burster. Meanwhile, on a bad trip, Rodimus is having visions! How many times is this man going to have visions of things? Unfortunately, it's probably... This is probably not the last time. No, it isn't. <laughs> he sees rapid images of quintessence, himself, Optimus, etc. before waking up. And Grimlock is elated to be right that Roddy wasn't dead. Evidently, Rodimus was inside the Matrix during this whole ordeal. So now the Matrix is a non-Euclidean matryoshka doll, and I don't know what to do with that. So, uh... Said ordeal has allowed him to realize that the ones that kidnapped their friends were the Quintessens, so they all had to Quintessa, but not before referencing the trial from the movie. What they really need is a robot Detective Conan here. <laughs> or Sherlock Holmes, or Herlock Sholmes, someone, because they shouldn't need a Matrix quest for this. No, no, they just need Nightbeat. <laughs> yes. God, I don't remember when he shows up, if he shows up. Or if he I doesn't feel show like if he shows up, he shows up in the comics. I don't think he shows up in the show. Well, he might show up during um, Headmasters because he ends up being a target master, if oh, I'm remembering yeah, right. Yeah, that's fair. Or possibly a headmaster. He's one or the other. Anyway, on Quintessa, Magnus, Cup, and Spike are being led via armed guard to judgment. Magnus is taller than all of those guards. Honestly, he just needs to swat them. Spike uh, uses some coded football language to entice the other two to rush the guards so they can make an escape. Are they his football-watching buddies? I mean, look, Cup strikes me as a guy who probably enjoys football, actually. Sports, curling. Curling? I don't know, the thing with... I feel like Magnus maybe wouldn't necessarily be interested in sports. Well, he'd probably be interested in, like, the rules. Yeah, yeah. He would probably... I imagine Magnus sat down one day on whatever passes as a, you know, an Autobot couch while they were watching it and was like, explain to me the rules of this game. And then maybe he sort of became their football buddy. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's very into making sure people are doing the rules correctly and the game correctly, probably. Probably. All right, so Spike manages to catch one of the contestants with his bare hands... And leads them into the courtroom. So the quintessence, do you think, just have a shit strength stat? Because Spike seems to be handling this one by himself just fine. Though, I mean, Spike was the guy who was busy stealing giant robot guns and ah! shooting them by himself when he was a teenager. <laughs> That's so true. Who knows? Spike has just become more swole with age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what his exercise regime is. The only one who knows is Carly. We now know why Carly hit that. <laughs> So the other quintessence, of course, sentence them all to death and drop them into the Sharktacon tank. Elsewhere, Cyclonus and the Sweep arrive at Galvatron's resting place. They yank Galvatron out of some lava. He was just like head first in the lava bath with, what, a foot sticking out. 
But he demands to know who's interrupted his plasma bath. They should have just let him stay there. They should have. Cyclonus says that they're there to bring him home, and Galvatron just starts beating the crap out of him. Before swapping gears and saying how wonderful it is to see Cyclonus again and telling the sweeps that their leader has returned. And then he's got some sparking on his helm, indicative, we can assume, that he's had some damage done to the ye old to ye old noggin. <laughs> he's kind of fucked up right now, guys. Galvatron is a little bit unbalanced, you say might say. hi to evil Fred, everybody. For whatever reason, Walker uses a higher-pitched voice for Galvatron than he did for Megatron. It's closer to Fred's pitch, and I can't unhear it. I am sorry. Also, this scene sums up why I don't like Galvatron very much. Like, look, I know, I know, Megatron didn't always make fucking sense. He didn't. But he had a plan, usually. It may not have been a good plan, but he had a plan. Galvatron has no plans, just violence, even for his subordinates. Megatron had more plans and also more tentacles. You don't really see tentacles. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I've reserved my judgment on how many tentacles Galvatron has uh, or makes or whatever because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But to be clear, TF Wiki sums up Galvatron's change from the movie to here like so. The effects of the plasma bath irreparable... Irrepar- Irreparably. That one. Altered Galvatron's sanity chips, rendering him omnicidally insane. He literally just wants to watch the universe burn, guys. Yeah. Galvatron continues to be a shitty-ass leader, mocking Cyclonus for his suggestion that they'll make up his elite guard, and um, Galvatron shoots himself some sweeps. God, I fucking hate him. Scourge lands and says he's learned his lesson. He knows Galvatron is the leader, and also why. <laughs> sure, Dan. Sure. Galvatron then proceeds to fly up into space and blow up all of Thrall for reasons. So, yeah, Thrall is the planet with the, um... Lava bath. His yeah. lovely lava bath that he seemed to be enjoying so much. You never see any of his shots do anything like this level of damage in the show again. But this is uh, establishing that he can blow up a planetoid all in his lonesome. So you should be, well, you should be terrifying, but Evil Fred is not terrifying because of this. He's terrifying because of how inconsistent he is. And he attacks people that would quite literally worship the ground he walks on. I think this just demonstrates that the Decepticons, or at least Cyclonus, have... A gambling addiction with whether or not <laughs> Galvatron is going to be sane. Yeah, that, that seems fair. I, I refer back to my previous statement of poor Cyclonus was built to simp for him, so mm. he never stood a chance. Yeah. Back on Quintessa, Spike asks the Quintessens what crime they've committed. To which the Quintessens respond that the Autobots are guilty of theft, and Spike is guilty by association. Okay, so what do they steal? <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Because this is the first we've heard of the theft. <laughs> Roddy and company's ship begins to descend onto the planet, and the Quintessens turn their attention to these new interlopers. Seemingly wanting to kill Rodimus to impact the Autobot population. If Rodimus dying somehow drastically impacts their population, they're either extensively um, endangered, I guess, or somehow he is critical to their repopulation, which is weird. Assume they want to try to destroy the Matrix of leadership, maybe? Yeah. But, but that doesn't seem to be necessarily how they phrase it. Yeah. 
They blast the ship with their planetary defenses. R.C., Rodimus, and Grimlock come flying in, clinging to Springer, who is in helicopter mode. R.C. is in a pinup girl pose. And yet she's going to kick everyone's ass. She's one of the best shots in this series. She's definitely a better shot than most of the Decepticons outside the movies. Yeah. Or the movie. <laughs> movies? Was there another movie I was unaware of? <laughs> Sorry. The movie in our, in our imagination. Yeah, apparently. Grimlock jumps down and face plants into the Quintessence thrones as they blast past him. Because apparently they're rocket powered. I guess that's their sprinting? <laughs> yes. The other three save their friends in the random Quintessence from the Sharkcon tank. Though with that guy, it might be less saving and more congratulations, you're now our prisoner. Yeah. The Autobot fleet arrives, which is evidently the aerial bots in a big-ass space plane. The Quintessons escape in their weirdly shipped spaceship we saw briefly in part one and also in the movie. And then the Quintessons, because they will cut off their nose to spite their face, blow up Quintessa by activating a bomb in an effort to destroy the Matrix. And then the planet blows up. Ending part two. Join us next time for part three, where the villains of our tale join forces. With our powers combined, we can destroy the Autobots for good! Not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they can certainly try. (laughs) And I believe Specs has some fanfic recommendations for today. Yup. The first one is Reaching Out by Severiner. Uh, It's set in the G1 cartoon continuity. Rated G. It's Gen. No pairings. And our characters here are Rodimus Prime, Ultra Magnus, Cyclonus, Scourge, The Sweeps, and Galvatron. In summary, just over six Earth months have gone by since the battle inside Unicron. The Autobots have traced the Decepticons back to a small planet, Char, while one of their own keeps staring at the stars. Having the Matrix is bringing more downsides than upsides for Hot Rod, the new Rodimus Prime, and he is finding that its opinions differ from his wishes. But unlike the still-missing Galvatron, he still has the ability to make his own choices, even under the hand of a god. So he makes a choice that changes the course of his life. And I picked it because I thought it was topical given the whole Galvatron is still missing even if they find him in this episode. Fair enough. And the whole leadership struggle thing that Rodimus has going on. And the second fic is Universal by Navigator's Ghost. Again, G1 cartoon continuity rated G. Jen, no pairings, and our characters here are Rodimus Prime and Galvatron. In summary, Rodimus really isn't the mech for covert ops. And now that he's been caught, so there's only one thing for it. (laughs) And I picked it because they do such a terrible job sneaking at the beginning (laughs) of this episode. Me too. It is genuinely terrible. Mm -hmm. And so that's it for fanfic Rex. Oh yeah, and they're both one shots, so... Do you have any fan art today? I do. All right, let's go for it. The fan artist for today is Zibonitu, uh, 6969. So they were an artist for Transformers Cloud, which was a 2014 Japanese toy line exclusive to eHobby and Takarotomi Mail. We've linked some of the art from Transformers Cloud today. I mean, it looks like packaging art, it, but but it's detailed, it's colorful. Very pretty. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't updated a lot of their social media in quite a while, but they do have at least a bunch of their Transformers cloud upwork, or upwork, artwork uploaded. So I do recommend taking a look. Mm-hmm. 
and we will link to their DeviantArt, Pixiv, and Tumblr. The other social media links I was seeing seem to be deactivated, so these were active at least at the time of us recording this episode. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links I may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Toodles!